Welcome to this GemTrain.org presentation, where you will be able to enjoy some wonderful free content that we sincerely hope will help you overcome the challenges of autism. Some content from this presentation is not included here, but the entire presentation is available on our website, GemTrain.org. My name's Jeff Tesh, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've been working for 20 years uh, in private practice. Um, I've also been teaching uh, 10 years at Weber State in the Child and Family Studies Department, and I specialize in parenting, parenting kids of all different needs and, and abilities, and, and I've also specialized in, in working with uh, families with kids on the spectrum. Uh, some of my experience also includes uh, a, a unique story personally. Uh, we've adopted six kids and we fostered 29, so I've done a lot of parenting in my own home. And I teach a lot of what I know, uh, you know from my education, but also what I've seen even in parenting uh, children personally. So, uh, wonderful experience being a parent and a learning experience. It's the hardest thing I do every day, um, but we do know that having the right tools and the right information can make a big difference. It's gonna be hard, it's gonna be long, it's gonna be tiring. Uh, I often talk about how uh, I like to work with wood and imagine building a home with an old rusty handsaw and that's the only saw we have and we're working hard we might be very committed, we want a good outcome, but, but it's gonna be a lot more work than necessary, and our outcome isn't gonna be, isn't gonna be a, a quality product. Compare that to a nice cutoff saw. Uh, that, that, uh, I've got one that even has a laser line on the board where it, when you start to cut it, it shows right where that's gonna cut. And much more accurate, the, the, the end product's gonna be better and a lot less effort, it's still work. So in parenting and really in family life, we know what works. We have science, we have 40 years of science on, on what, the, what is most effective in parenting. And yet many people aren't aware of those basics and that science. And for a child of any type or, or ability, we need those basic tools. And then when we have kids with, with challenges or disabilities, we have to even be more skilled in our parenting, making sure we have those basics in place and that we're, we're able to, to, to respond to behavior appropriately and, and guide our, our children toward their highest level of functioning and potential. And it's a very intentional effort uh, our parenting and when we when we have the tools it can make a big difference. Let's go on a journey together now where I'll teach you the tools, give you those cutoff saws, those those powerful pieces of, of parenting that can make such a difference to, to match your effort and your love for your kids uh, that, that will help you help your kids reach their full potential. So by the end of this course you're going to have the tools needed to help your kids reach their full potential and to, 
to know how and the how and the why and the what in in parenting in in moments each day that's where our parenting plays out is in individual moments with each of our kids and in we're going to take your motivation and your desire for good things for your kids your efforts and fine-tune those and give you tools to help them reach the potential that you desire for them and that you see in them. My interest in parenting came about really in becoming a parent myself and wanting to do a good job like we all do. We, we all love our kids and desire for their, for their best. And, and the effort that we put in, we want good results. And I, I found myself learning some powerful things through my education and then again just through my own parenting that were making such a big difference that was giving me strength behind my my efforts i think a piece of it for me was seeing an understanding that we have the science but so many people aren't aware of the basics of parenting and i found even just applying the basics made such a big difference and the model that we have is authoritative parenting and we have that one model of parenting has 40 plus years that says this is the right way to parent and we know from research too that back in the the 40s and 50s we were we were very authoritarian do as i say or else using threats and intimidation and shaming and we get compliance from kids when we use that method, but we don't see the growth and we see uh, rebellion can start to occur and, and we don't see kids behaving well out of choice. They're behaving because they know they better out of fear. And so research started to come about that we needed to, to change that. And, and unfortunately in our culture, we've moved significantly to the other end now where we're, we're very permissive in our parenting we have high love and nurturing but not as high expectation and even control and we're seeing this play out in our in our in our families in our homes but also in school settings we have significant levels of behavior that are difficult for parents and for teachers and what we know now through this process of all these years of research is, is it's a balance of both high control and high expectations combined with high warmth. It's not either or, it's, it's combining both of those. And this is a model that, we, that wasn't developed uh, by, by someone thinking it up and, and coming to some conclusions and then offering it to parents. We actually, many, many years of researching and watching families in their functioning. And, and a piece of our permissive parenting these days is just not expecting enough in our kids in developing skills and, in, and developing their abilities. And we rescue them too often from discomfort. We might have a child that's overwhelmed at going to school and we end up moving them into a, another school setting or we're spending way too much time in that morning um, trying to get them to go and 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 we just we we rescue from discomfort we rescue from consequences our our 16 year old new driver is pulled over and gets a speeding ticket we cover their speeding ticket we encourage them to try harder 
um, but we rescue them from even natural and very healthy consequences. And this is true of parenting all types of kids, and, and we see it significantly too, and sometimes to a greater level, when we have a child with, with a disability. It's easy for us in our love to, to see our kid with a, a challenge and then soften up on our expectations. We pull back. Gosh, he doesn't know how to do dishes. It's hard for him because of his uh, difficult with his fine motor skills. So, you know, we won't have him do the dishes. Um, we have a child that struggles in their social interactions. And so we protect them from that. We might even um, decrease the amount of social time because they just struggle and they don't do well. So this piece of permissive parenting is, is sometimes not expecting enough and, and not um, allowing our kids to struggle and learn through that struggle. Where I start with ev any parent that comes to me for help is first getting a good history about, about the behaviors that they're struggling with, about the functioning of their child. So that's where you can start, even just journal this, even identify the areas of strength that your child is showing, the behaviors that you might be struggling with, and, and be intentional at identifying those and clarifying those. Where do you want your child to get to? What are your hopes for your child? And, and allow some dreaming there, you know, there's no professional that can say to you exactly what the potential is of your child, what the, the level of, of functioning will be if you have a child with the disability. We can't know that. We can identify that there's some limitations in brain functioning. We can identify a diagnosis. But a really powerful piece of healthy parenting is letting ourselves believe that things can be great and moving toward that. The outcome will be what describes or what helps us identify that level of functioning, but we can't see that beforehand. So it's healthy and it's very appropriate to, to let ourselves trust in good things ahead. List the negative behaviors too, the things that, that, that could interfere with their functioning in a job setting, in a, in a relationship setting. And, and recognize that powerful parenting, too, includes training our kids away from negative behaviors that are dysfunctional. It, healthy parenting, again, that authoritative approach, the, the firm side of parenting includes control. And a lot of parents don't like that word. Uh, it, it, it goes against some of this nurturing approach that we, we know is important, too. But if our child's out of control, uh, they're going to struggle in their life. And so we, healthy parenting includes influence over our children and that they respect our authority. And so identifying those pieces too. So we kind of look at two areas with any family. What are the, the, the skills that our child needs to develop? What, what skills do they need to become independent? What skills do they need to work in a, in a, a work setting? Uh, relationship skills. So we have this area of skills and then we have just behavior. How do we get our needs met? How do we express our needs? How do we express our feelings um, in appropriate ways?
So my favorite three words on the firm, the firm side of parenting is firm, clear, and consistent. And, and the very first place to become clear around expectations is in our own thinking, in our own language with our co-parent, our partner. We have to be clear on what we're going to expect. We have to be clear with what we want to work on with this child around some skills. We make it clear for us, and then we make it clear for our child. An example might be we decide we have a, we have a child that's aggressive, we're going to work on that piece. We want our child to develop the ability to, to get their needs met without using aggression. So we become clear with that with our, within ourselves, and then we present it to our child. And we let them know very clearly what the consequence will be, and what the expectation is first, that we don't use physical means, aggression, to get our needs met, and then we follow up. And we let them know what the consequence will be, and then it's, we're consistent. Every time, every single time that behavior occurs, we respond the same way and in a way that decreases that behavior. When a child gets their needs met through unhealthy means, through unhealthy behavior, the behavior will continue. If a child's throwing a fit for a toy in the store and we're too embarrassed as parents to, to have a scene and we decide to give them the toy, they're going to continue to use fits to get that desire to get that need met. So we have to know exactly how we're going to respond in any moment. And expressing that expectation, we might have a child that has limited understanding verbally. If we have a nonverbal child, if we have a child uh, on the spectrum and, and lower functioning, we might not be able to just express that ex expectation verbally. There might not be understanding there, but we can still show that expectation when the behavior occurs. If that child hits their sibling to get the toy, we move in very quickly, and every time it occurs, we move in, the child doesn't get the toy, and then there's maybe a short time out. Um, and this can be done even with a nonverbal um, child, where we're showing every moment where a negative behavior occurs, that the, the need will not be met. Uh, and over time, it's all those little moments that teaches, and all those moments develop abilities where we're, where we're guiding them away from behaviors that aren't functional toward behaviors that are. Maybe a hand signal for that nonverbal child to, to ask for a turn with the toy or to verbalize, hey, Johnny, when you're done with that truck, I would like to have a turn. So we're coaching them toward healthy functioning. There might be some of you hearing this and, and feeling overwhelmed now because yeah, we, we know how hard you're working already. And some of this might sound like more work. And in a, in a moment, Making these choices, you know, spending a few more minutes with the child, tying their shoes. Yes, it, it can be that it, it feels like more work. But in the long run, imagine, you know, you're spending a few more moments 
over a few months, maybe a year to develop a skill, but then this child's going to have that ability, not only until you launch them, but then far beyond that. Much less work in the long run. It's true to so much we do in family life, in our marriages, in our parenting, in a moment. Yeah, if we spend a little more effort and if we have the right tool, we're going we're gonna to save ourselves a lot of pain in the long run. I see this with fits in general. In a moment in a store, a child's throwing a fit, wanting a, a cookie. You know, in that moment, it can feel easier. And it might even be, it would even be easier to avoid a fit to just give him that. It could be more work to put up with a fit. We might even have to leave the store. And in that, so in that moment, a little more effort. But wow, we could teach our child not to throw any more fits and save ourselves a lot of headache in the long run. I've worked with parents that are doing everything for every, I, I have a, a parent right now, she has three kids, six, eight, ten-ish, and she's still getting them all dressed every day and they're fighting her on what they want to wear. And she's, she's even having to hold down the 10-year-old to get, a, get his clothes on. And then breakfast starts and it's, offering a menu because they all like different things and then she'll make them different things and then they're complaining that it's not perfect or it's not what they want or they change their mind. Some of the hardest working parents, again that rusty saw, sometimes I see these parents that are working incredibly hard but they're doing it with the wrong tool and they think they're doing loving things for their kid. They think they're they're caring for their kids and they are, but they're wearing out and their kids aren't developing. And their kids are even developing um, and maintaining some very unhealthy behaviors. We hope you're enjoying this presentation. At any time, we invite you to go to gemtrain.org and gain the additional guidance from this presenter that can help you fully grow and flourish as you gain the skills and confidence to help those you love on the autism spectrum. It's not a matter of love. Uh, I've met very few parents <laughs> that don't love their kids. This mom that is working so hard every morning and it's miserable, it's not about love. She loves her kids enough to work that hard. So it, it, it's more a matter of loving them in ways that will bring about development and, and allowing them some discomfort and some struggle um, to reach their potential. And, and so it's not about, uh, now I turned it into a different thing about love. Oh. <laughs> okay. So in years. Huh? So in years. Yeah, yeah. We all love our children, don't we? And, and isn't that kind of amazing that we can love maybe in ways that are less healthy? This mother bending over backwards every day loves her kids, but they're gonna struggle throughout their life with this pattern of negative behavior uh, being used to get their needs. And, and wow, what's this mom going to be living like through the teen years and and then even after they're moving out if they move out uh, if we can love differently in those moments if we can let them struggle and 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 follow this 
process of allowing struggle and, and moving them toward greater uh, independence, yeah, in the long run, it's going to be less work for us and the payoff will be that we get to sit back and enjoy and watch them function as independent ad adults that can work hard, that can struggle through hard times, that can function in social settings and in relationships well because they've learned through the process of our parenting how to do that. Let's talk about a few examples to help illustrate what we've talked about. Uh, recently had a young adult, 18 years old, Mom and dad had been doing a lot for this young young man uh, around individual life skills and coaching him when to take a shower, coaching him, uh, you know, on cleaning his room. And most areas of his functioning required a lot of support. And but this was a a young a young man on the spectrum. And we presented this material to them, this idea of, you know, how are we going to identify what his potential is and, and started to coach. And one of the pieces, they, he had started a job, uh, but the parents were, were driving him every day to work and picking him up as well and was uncomfortable at, at getting his driver's license. But a recognition through our work came about about the ability to ride the bus and this uh, individual got very anxious with that idea. It was a step toward some new development. It was out of his zone of comfort and moving into that zone of development. And the parents coached him and he set the goal to, to ride the bus one day a week uh, and began to start using that service and that opportunity. And we saw in him um, excitement at the recognition in himself of, of accomplishing that task and, and moving toward independence. Uh, another quick story, uh, another young adult moving out on her own for the very first time. And the mother did really well to recognize, you know, even as we're getting ready to move out, uh, I need to, to not do everything for this child. And as she was beginning to pack, needing some boxes, a simple task, Wow, where do I get boxes? The mother did a great job to explain where to get them. You know, you might try this store, you might try that store. And then she knew that her siblings were going to be along with, with this uh, young woman to go round up these materials. And the mother even coached the other kids to make sure when they got to that store or wherever they were going to, to let this uh, individual this, this young woman do this on her own. And she came back to the house reportedly with, with a pile of boxes and she had done it on her own and just lit up and was excited about accomplishing even a small task like that. And this was a child with a, a young woman with lower cognitive ability, um, but ready to take some big steps. And so this parent wisely seen in those very moments that, wow, it would have been easier for her, that parent probably to just run over to the store and grab some boxes, help packing, help, you know, there's so many moments where, where this concept is valuable to see the need when our child sends out the, 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 the need to us to know in a moment that we can 
we can watch for that opportunity for growth and allow that opportunity for some struggle, for some discomfort. This young woman was uncomfortable walking into the store and asking, um, but did it and accomplished. And now how many times in the future for that young woman will it be that she has a confidence in asking for something in a, in a store environment? or problem solving, where do I get this and how am I gonna get it and I can do this. So what an amazing concept in parenting to know the level of functioning that our kids have and are displaying, to, to know areas of growth that we wanna see improvement and watching for those moments in everyday life to help them move toward developing independence and developing life skills um, to, to function uh, into their future. So this boils down to that we have such an important job in our parenting to recognize the opportunity in our parenting to make a difference. And most of us are passionate about bringing the best to our kids. We're working hard, We're, we love them but the, the, the right tools are that we have to watch out for doing too much and, we, and, and co coach them toward functioning at their greatest potential. And, and it's exciting and it's a wonderful opportunity uh, and it's, a, it's an essential uh, role that we play in parenting. Let me give you the bullet points then of this process of ZPD and helping your kids achieve their greatest potential. First step is to get a good feel of where they're at and where their interests lie. And that's, we're watching them each day. We're learning about those each day. Step two is that we look for opportunities. We facilitate them. We even orchestrate opportunities in those areas. And then third step is we provide the scaffolding. We're recognizing that zone. So we're pushing them just enough to, to gain development, to learn a skill and provide that slight support when needed and being careful of that. We have to be wise, we have to be watching so that we're providing just that level of support. And then as we see growth in one area, we bump it up or we, and, we're, and we're working in multiple areas all at the same time. And the final piece is as we're moving through those steps and, and leading our kids toward growth is that we're their cheerleader. That, that soft side of parenting, we're, we're seeing their efforts. We're bringing it to their attention. You didn't give up. You kept trying. You left without boxes and you came home and you have boxes. And we're saying that to him in those moments. I see the smile on your face. You look proud. You look like you accomplished something and you did. So maintaining as we guide them toward growth, the connection, the relationship, the warmth, the supportiveness. What an amazing balance that is in, in, in parenting and, and keeping those two pieces in mind uh, throughout our work in parenting will bring about the best results. And then we're going to teach you about the zone of proximal development, learning how to recognize the level of functioning that we're seeing, 
the level of functioning that's in that next little space toward greater ability and guide them toward uh, skill development so they can be successful in life. Uh, so much of our parenting is about teaching our kids to be ready to be an adult and to function well. And we're gonna teach you how to guide them to where when they're ready to leave your nest, to leave your home, that they're gonna be uh, able to manage their lives. They're gonna be able to function in, in jobs. So we're gonna guide you in how to see where your kids are currently and help move them in healthy ways toward greater functioning and achieving their potential. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation. We now invite you to go to gemtrain.org and gain the additional guidance from this presenter that can help you fully grow and flourish as you gain the skills and confidence to help those you love on the autism spectrum.